Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, American. Happy Sunday morning. So lucky to join you for this very special Sunday edition. What we do on Sundays is we take some of the best interviews that Amanda and I do on my television show, Just the News, Not Noise, on Real America's Voice, and we put them together and try to make it a really nice podcast experience while you're drinking your coffee, maybe reading the newspaper, out mowing the lawn, or for that great walk with the family. Here is some of the interviews we're going to give you this week. We had some really good ones from Congress, from the health sector, from the front line of the border. Joining us today, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. She has a lot to say about the border. She was one of the first members of Congress to go down to the border more than 15 months ago and say there is a storm cloud brewing and a crisis on the horizon for America. Boy, was she right. Also joining us about the border, Ken Paxton, the current Texas Attorney General. He has been leading the fight, and this coming Tuesday, he's got an essential argument before the Supreme Court trying to compel the Biden administration to continue enforcing, which, by the way, it's not doing right now, the Remain in Mexico policy that has protected America so well since the Trump years. And then from Yale University, the great epidemiologist, the man who had the pandemic advice, right? Unlike people like Dr. Fauci, uh, Dr. Harvey Rich from Yale University is here. Always a great interview and a man who called it right and is honest with the American people about what we know and don't know about COVID-19. And then Congressman Austin Scott from Georgia. He's been warning about a food crisis. He wants to talk about Georgia election integrity because we still need some work there. He's going to join us. And then we're going to wrap it up with a fascinating conversation with one of the iconic figures in all of corporate America. He's the former McDonald's chief executive officer, Ed Renzi, and he's back on the front lines of the boardroom. What's he doing? He's leading a boardroom initiative alongside of Job Creators Network. You heard last week from Elaine Parker about that. Ed Renzi's on the front lines trying to talk to investors, board members, customers, institutional investors to say, listen, this wokeism in corporations, this idea that a corporation should get in politics and pick one side or the other, 
bad for the investor, bad for the company, bad for the brand, bad for the valuation of companies. If you don't believe that, look what's happened to Disney and Twitter since they became woke. Ed Renzi's going to join us. So stick around. We're going to go take a quick commercial break. When we come back, an all-star lineup. Claudia Tanney, Harvey Rich, Ken Paxton, Austin Scott, and Ed Renzi. Back to back to back on this great Sunday morning. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, folks. Joining us now, someone who has led on the immigration crisis from the moment Joe Biden began poking holes in our border security. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. Congresswoman, it's great to see you tonight. Great to see you, too. And Amanda. Yeah, let's start off with this report we had this morning, this new border memo that's out there telling the Border Patrol, don't wait for May 21st. You can start exempting people from Title 42. Pick your reason. It's like a potpourri of reasons. Your thoughts on what's going on here. Yeah, it's really incredible that they're that uh, they don't realize what a negative this is for the Democrats from a political perspective, but just how dangerous it is for the American people that we have this overwhelming number of people coming across the border I toured the border last year in March, and I went to the El Paso sector, the same place where our vice president and borders are attended and, and visited. Uh, still, Joe Biden is yet to visit the border. And what I witnessed was just the, the overwhelming uh, number of, such, of people coming across, even in the El Paso sector, which is just a fraction of what you're seeing in Rio Grande. And then those numbers are even 
tremendously larger than they are than they were then now. And the fact that the the border uh, patrol and the border police were overwhelmed last year in one of the least the the lesser, I shouldn't say the least because it's probably the second most busy area. And to think that we're going to continue to give exemptions and loopholes to have more people come in for more reasons and more exemptions. You know, you have to wonder what their end game is. When I was at the border, I actually did the whole process. And one of the big issues, which was not a which which we started with, with a lot of the children had lice. So they all got a medical exam. They got checked for lice. They had to get treated for lice. And then they discovered as they went through their medical exam that a lot of these children had not just COVID-19. They had other formerly eradicated diseases like muscles or I mean mumps, measles. I put those together. Sorry. Mumps, measles. Uh, They had uh, some of them had, you know, some people were coming across uh, older adults with HIV AIDS. Uh, in, in some cases, there was tuberculosis identified. The doctor's conference uh, went down and saw the same thing. A lot of different diseases, which is why we have Title 42. It isn't just a COVID-19 uh, reduction or, or, or prevention or prevention, I should say. But it's also about all the other diseases and keeping the American people safe. So you have this overrun of people with diseases that we've eradicated coming into the uh, United States uh, and the resources that we're spending, whether it's doctors, food, clothing, medical care, and then finding them a place to go and live and housing and everything else. It's, it's costing us billions of dollars. And all we're doing is enriching the cartels for human trafficking, drug trafficking. And it's really a tragedy on so many levels. And, and what we've done to the American people, the total lack of respect for the American people and the taxpayers. And this is the primary obligation of the of the commander in chief, the president of the United States is to enforce our borders, is to pre- provide national defense. And that's why I've called for President Biden's impeachment and certainly the removal of Secretary Mayorkas for this disaster happening every single day, which to me is, is reached a cri- beyond a crisis level for all of us. Absolutely. And a lot of those previously dead viruses ended up right here in Los Angeles within our homeless community. And I think that that maybe woke up a few people. But the border issue to me, Congresswoman, is so perplexing because you we all see the polls and we know that within previously Democratic populations, people who typically vote for Democrats, the border issue is consistently at the top of the list. And as legislators, but also within the executive branch under President Biden, you would think that he would be listening to those voters. So I I, I just I guess I don't know the motive behind it, considering how unpopular it is. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'll i say that everyone says, well, they just want to bring people in and they want to have more voters and they're going to get them all, make them all citizens and register to vote. Well, of course, you don't have to be a citizen to vote in New York City. You can just come in and vote according to the new rule, which I think will get struck down ultimately. Uh, one citizen, one vote is what our country stands for and even New York State. But, you, have, you know, that's the cynical view. But what is the real view? Why do this? What is the end goal when you see even Westchester families and people in upstate New York who have had these, you know, people, these immigrants flown, illegal immigrants flown in the dark of night, landing in Westchester County, landing all over New York State, where many the, the local governments don't even know. Our governor didn't even know that they were landing. And who's paying for it now? New York taxpayers in one of the highest tax states. So they're going all over the country from what we know. But what, why do they not? I, I, I don't even know if Joe Biden realizes what's going on. Somebody is making a fatal error for the Democrats politically, but it's also a grave tragedy for the American people because we are going to bear the burden of paying for these people 
uh, making sure that our, our own communities are safe. Uh, we're putting our own communities at risk. We're not vetting these people based on whether they have a criminal record or whether they're just immigrants coming across the border from, I think, over 150 countries have ident been identified. We've heard people on the terror watch list, people impersonating uh, law enforcement and an ambulance corps in one case, uh, you know, an ambulance corps from my current district right now. So I, I, it's really just bef befuddling what their purpose is for this. And it's sad to see these people just coming across the border uh, with their children. Sometimes it's small children holding infants. That's what I witnessed at the border. And then yet we have a border wall uh, that uh, President Trump and the American taxpayers pay for every single day. We pay even though it's not getting put up. And that border wall doesn't prevent people from coming across the border. It slows down the flow so that our border patrol can keep up with the numbers. And so, you know, on every level, we're overstressing the system. Uh, it's it's devastating for our border patrol, devastating for our taxpayers. And and I just and from a public health standpoint, I don't see what the Biden administration's end goal is. I mean, honestly, I'd say it's to get more voters, but. It, it, that really just seems like not even like the most important thing. Like, I, I just don't know what else it is. Yeah, it's a great question. And it is a perplexing one. Whatever the cause of it, there's no doubt it's having a huge consequence on both sides of the border. I want to turn to breaking news. Just a little bit ago, a federal judge in Florida ruled that the CDC did not have the legal authority to issue that mask mandate on planes, trains, public transit, uh, or, or issued an injunction. There's going to be an appeal. But your thought on, on the idea that the CDC overreached on this rule? Yeah, of course, they overreach. They've been uh, doing this for a long time. We, we you know, they're, they're, it's inconsistent. And people think, oh, well, the CDC is, is science based. But, you know, we can be in close quarters inside and all kinds of places, except on an airplane where the federal government has the most control <laughs> over us because of the regulations and the, the huge regulations on the airline industry and other industries so affected. So it's really just looks like a control mechanism coming from the Democrats and that they want to continue to exert power and control. You know, it, it kind of in, 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 a, in a small way, it reminds me of what this horror that we're seeing with the Chinese, you know, beating their own citizens because they're not either complying with the mass mandate or murdering and killing other people or, or even killing their pets because somebody has got COVID-19 in the household, which we know doesn't the science says it doesn't affect pets. So I feel like that, you know, they're targeting the airline industry because it is so heavily regulated by the federal and that's the federal side. And that's what the Democrats can control because they control Washington. Uh, they can't control other states. They can't control Governor Ron DeSantis uh, in Florida, who's you know done a remarkable job through this pandemic. And it's almost like they want to hurt, uh, you know, they want to hurt the American people. And I just don't understand, you know, again, the motivation other than there's, you know, forces beyond uh, their control even that are pushing us to this authoritarianism and this kind of thing that I've witnessed as a former uh, person, a person that worked for the former Yugoslav consulate and lived in Yugoslavia when it was a communist country. And although you didn't always feel it, when the police come down and it's uh, the government controls everything and they control the police, uh, the people really suffer. And I feel like that's yeah. just the last vestige that the Democrats have to really take control is this mask mandate on planes. And of course, anybody can wear a mask if they choose sure. to, if you're vulnerable or you feel like you yeah. have to. But to require it now is absurd. Yeah. There's no doubt that people have a lot of heartburn over that. And we'll see how this plays out. Congresswoman, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for the time today. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, John. Thanks, Amanda. Great to see you always. Wow, what an interview, folks. We're going to be right back with more Just Like It right after this commercial break. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports. I'm so grateful you're part of the family. Hey, 
Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Welcome back, everybody. Why is the Biden administration flaunting a federal court ruling that ordered it to enforce the Trump era remain in Mexico policy? We're going to have a big story tonight on this. We've got some new numbers from the uh, Customs and Border Protection Agency. We know that 221,000 illegal aliens were encountered crossing our borders last month. Here's a new number, Amanda. Guess how many of those 221,000 were put through the remain in Mexico protocol? A thousand. Oh, you'd be way high. 199. Now I'm just going to put that. That's one-tenth of one percent of those who tried to cross the border. That's hardly compliance with the courts or the rule of law. And you know what? Somebody who knows how bad things are at the southern border and is joining us as our first guest. He's also a man who scored several victories against the Biden administration on the border, COVID-19, and energy exploration. He's Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. General Paxton, great to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I want to ask you about this remain in Mexico policy. The courts have been clear. It needs to stay in enforcement. When you hear only 199 of 221,000 migrants were put through it, what does that say about the Biden administration's willingness to comply with the courts? Well, first of all, they're not willing to comply with the law. The law is pretty clear. They, they have to, when somebody claims asylum, you have two choices. You can either detain them until they're hearing or 
send them back to the country they came from. In this case, the Biden administration doesn't do either. It's a pass-through. The cartels are in basically in business with the Biden administration. The cartels make about $10,000 a person. They get as, the message has been sent to them, bring as many as you can, and we'll do the handoff. And, and these, these people coming across the border, they're not running from the agents. They're running to the agents to be transferred to the agents so that the, the handoff can take place and they can be sent all, all around the country. The reality is we've had wins on the remaining Mexico on preliminary injunctions. They're supposed to be enforcing it. We're going to be in the U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday to get a final say on the merits of the case. I'm hopeful that we're going to win. And two, that if we do win, we're not in a constitutional crisis, wondering why the president of the United States not only uh, ignores federal law, but then ignores federal court orders. Yeah. 199 out of 221,000. I feel like that, the, like why any? Why 199? Why not just zero? But I have have a, a silver lining to this, albeit a depressing silver lining. Now that we know these numbers, now that we know that the law hasn't been followed all along, uh, the devastation that we expect to see with the lifting of Title 42, is that going to be a little less drastic now that we know that they've already been pouring across? Uh, no, I think the numbers are going to go up even more dramatically. I think that they've signaled it to the cartels. And look, it's a tacit agreement between the cartels and the Biden administration. And that agreement is exactly what I said. The Biden administration tells them, signals, hey, we're about to drop this other border control that we have. Get as many people here as you can, as fast as you can, and we'll make sure they get moved. The asylum, though, if we are successful, should make it much more difficult because that means that anybody, which is most of these people, are claiming asylum, even though only a small percentage of them actually qualify, if the Biden administration is at least willing to follow a court order from the U.S. Supreme Court, we should be able to way slow down, even with Title 42 being taken down. Yeah, such an important thing. I want to ask you about the divide that's beginning to appear inside the Democratic Party. Most of the Democrats have walked right alongside the president, whether it was BBB, any of all of his policies. But there are a growing number of Democrats op opposing the lifting of Title 42. <coughs> What's the political dynamic going on there, Attorney General? Look, it's called elections. Uh, they see what's coming in November. Uh, many of these senators have some connection to the border, and uh, they realize their voters are not, not going to put up with this. So they're, they're diverting out of personal interest. The reality is every senator should divert out of personal interest because at this point, there are no border, we're all border states. It's not just Texas and Arizona. It's, it's all of us are being impacted by the way that the Biden administration is, is doing this, transporting people everywhere. Unlike Joe Biden, I don't have a murky history when it comes to my support or lack of support for busing. I'm interested in your support for busing illegal immigrants from the state of Texas to District of Columbia, Martha's Vineyard, other places across the country. Do you think that that helps more Americans realize it helps highlight this problem? Yeah, obviously, we can only bus a few few of them. There's, as you know, over 220,000 came across the border in just one month. We don't have buses in Texas to bus everybody. But I do think it, it does highlight the issue and, and makes it sort of abundantly clear that, hey, just a few of these are gonna be a problem for you in Washington, D.C. or Delaware or Martha's Vineyard. You get to deal with just a small, 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 small fraction of the reality that you're imposing on Texans and Arizonans and other other states. So I think, I think it's great. I'm glad the governor's doing it. 
Yeah, and it's gotten a lot of attention. Even the mainstream media have been forced to cover it, which I think brings some attention to something that they often try to ignore. Uh, you mentioned elections. I want to just check in. You're in a runoff with George P. Bush. The polls look really good for you. Can you give us a quick over-under on that race and where you think it's going to end? Yeah, so we had two polls, public polls, come out uh, last week. Uh, we also did a poll for me. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the public polls because they're supposedly more believable. But the first one had me at 55 and him at 32. And then uh, he criticized that as being not real, made up, our poll, not not true. But the next day it was the Hispanic Policy Foundation. And they came out with a poll that said I was at 65 and he was at 23. So we're definitely moving in the right direction. And there's a significant gap of about 40 points between the two of us. Yeah, I'm just thinking 23 sounds plausible for GPB. 32% to me. I have a lot of friends who are Texans and so many Texans are done with the Bush family in general. But maybe that's not the case in the state of Texas. Are people still supportive of that dynasty? No, I think it's pretty clear just from the polling that I'm seeing. Just, you know, I'm out every day talking to people that it, I think people realize that it, it's time for, for a change. It's time to move on past this uh, Bush dynasty. In particular, you know, this is a guy that was in the land office for the last seven, seven and a half years and had it. And he doesn't talk about anything he's done because none of it went well. And the last thing we want to do is put him in a position of real responsibility that is even more intense and involves a lot more issues that are more complicated. And of course, he has very little legal experience. So this isn't quite right for the, for him. Yeah, I want to ask about one thing that we had. We reported here at Just the News in the last week. Uh, the George P. Bush's office suddenly bought a whole bunch of Facebook ads to tell the story of what he was doing at the land office right in the middle of this runoff. I think a lot of people saw that as a political use of taxpayers' money. Your reaction to it? I haven't had the chance to ask you about it since we broke that story. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, he takes a lot of political contributions from people that he gives contracts to. Uh, large, large contracts, and you'll see a, a follow-up campaign contribution. Uh, he also has a company that he used to be a part of that has has received money from the land office. So it's not surprising to me, as he's this far behind, that he would start using taxpayer dollars to fund ads right now for the next couple of months to, to benefit his image in the public. So I don't think it's right. I, don't, I wouldn't be doing that if I were him, but it is exactly what he's done. General Paxson, your state has so benevolently received a lot of former residents of my state, California. Probably one of the most high profile is Elon Musk there with his massive empire of technology there in Texas. I wanted to get your take on uh, the, the Twitter Elon Musk and even now Jack Dorsey, who seems to be speaking some sense, which is not something we're used to out of Jack Dorsey. But what's your take on that? Well, look, I'm really grateful because I've been in lawsuits with Twitter for the last year. They, we were trying to figure out what they were doing. We were investigating them. And instead of answering our questions and just being open and honest, which we have the right to do, by the way, in Texas, if they've, we think they've committed some type of fraud on the public. And we were investigating what they were doing with a deplatforming parlor and why that was happening and looking at their policies. Because And so they sued us in federal court in uh, California, and we've been successful so far. So, you know, it's a welcome change to see somebody like Elon Musk who's willing to open the open the gates and make it more transparent so that everybody has an opportunity on Twitter to say what they believe and not have it be based on whatever the, the board thinks or whatever the CEO thinks, limiting free speech. Yeah, it's just an amazing time in our history. And you've been right there fighting for the free speech rights of your state and, quite frankly, all Americans. Attorney General Paxson, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your time today. 
Hey, thank you. Y'all have a great day. I sure will. We sure will, actually. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got a lot to talk about with Congressman Austin Scott from the great state of Georgia. There's a lot of great election integrity issues floating out there. You know about the ballot harvesting story. You know a little bit about the story we broke this morning about Stacey Abrams trying to block citizenship rights. We're going to cover all of that in a few minutes right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest is one of the most cogent voices in Congress about national security, about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And he has been warning about an impending crisis coming over the horizon uh, to our global food supply. Joining us right now from the great state of Georgia is Congressman Austin Scott. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Hey, hey John, great to have you. Thanks for having us back. Oh, it's a great honor to have you on. I, I want to get to all those issues we just mentioned, but I want to start with something that we broke on the site this morning. A lot of people haven't been paying attention to this, but there is a federal trial underway in your state, in Georgia, where Stacey Abrams is trying to eviscerate the citizenship checks that voters must go through in order to vote in Georgia and some of the ID uh, requirements that they need to do. Your reaction to the idea that, you know, someone would contest citizenship as, as a means for voting. Well, hey, hey, it's absolutely part of her agenda. And if you look at what's happening, John, they're taking the illegal immigrants and they're shipping, shipping them around the country and they're actually registering them to vote and they're allowing them to vote in municipal elections around the country. So, I mean, this is something that I think the vast majority of Americans, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, is opposed to. I mean, how can you let people that are not even United States citizens that don't constitutionally have the right to vote, vote inside the United States of America. And so just how far left can the, can the left go? Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm baffled, I'm baffled at this, that, that they think it's okay for people that are citizens of, say, China or Russia to vote in U.S. elections. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah, Congressman. It's unbelievable. And I, I know that the, the special Senate elections would cause people to think that Georgia is a blue state, but I still believe that Georgia is a very red state. But the way that Democrats are operating within Georgia, um, you're right. There, there should not be any question as far as citizens voting. But here in California, we have motor voter laws, so you can essentially vote if you have a state ID or license. Of course, New York City, uh, the hullabaloo over non-citizens voting there. And it seems that folks like Stacey Abrams think that this flies with the voters of Georgia. Does that echo how Georgia voters feel? Oh, I, I don't think so. And I think Georgia voters look at the last election and they realize that historically 
Georgia has had about 4 million voters. That's, I mean, you can go all the way back to the Romney election, uh, the, the last governor's race, uh, up to and until the, the last presidential election, Georgia historically had about 4 million voters. This last election, we had 5 million voters. And so we had, we had a 20%, 25% uptick in the total number of votes cast in, in this past election. And so one of the things that, that came about from that is, is that you look at a Barack Obama, who got 85,000 absentee ballots. Hillary Clinton got about 100,000. Stacey Abrams got 135,000. And Joe Biden gets 850,000 absentee ballots. And so I think that anybody who would look at those numbers would, would, would reasonably agree that we need to know who's voting in these elections, and, and you don't know when it when it's by absentee in mail. So Georgia's got a lot of early voting, uh, tremendous number of opportunities to vote, easy to register in the state of Georgia, uh, and and we want to make it hard to cheat in the state of Georgia. And I think that's exactly what the last law did. And if they didn't cheat, they shouldn't be worried about the the next election. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of discussion going on right now about that. Uh, Congressman, uh, you just came back uh, from the Pacific, and I know you were in India, I believe Australia. Uh, we are all focused on the Russia-Ukraine threat for all the right reasons, because that's a very big moment in world history. Uh, but do we have our eye out in the ball with China? What should we be watching for, and what are our allies in the region most worried about? Yes, yeah, so, so so Australia is very much on the on the ball with this, and they very much understand the risk that China poses. They have fought with us in every war since, I believe, World War One and uh, very much aligned with our thoughts, our interests, our values, and, and concerns with regard to China being prepared to move sooner rather than later. Uh, I would remind you that China is against, uh, has breached territorial lines in India. They are, they are fishing in the exclusive economic zones of other countries. So, so China is against the lot across the lines in, in multiple areas, just as the Russians have been. Our, our message to India uh, was was pretty candid in that if you watch the Russian weapon systems inside uh, Ukraine, it's very clear that you cannot win against China with Russians with Russia's weapon systems. And so the hope is to get uh, a country like India to update their systems with with U.S. based weapons so that they would be better prepared to defend themselves against China. And and again the. The goal is to not go to war with China. The goal is to make sure that China understands the consequences for their aggression and their actions and, and to stop that by making sure that Australia, uh, India, other countries that would that would fight with the United States uh, in a Chinese conflict are prepared to do so. Yeah, we absolutely have to support those folks. And it's it's astounding to me how few conversations President Biden has had uh, with respect to China and, and not really any strong policy either. But yesterday on the show, we had Doug Collins on and he talked about the money that President Trump with his massive war chest, the money that President Trump has thrown behind conservative candidates in Georgia with his endorsements, but just, you know, throwing the money behind those candidates. But Doug Collins said that he felt like it wasn't enough money. I believe he said that there needed to be a few more zeros behind the number. Do you feel like, you know, as, as far as getting rid of incumbents like Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger, is money what's needed? Is it more ground game? Is it more human resources? What human capital, I guess I should say, what what is needed? Yeah, so so I I I'm actually I support Brian Kemp, and I'm very much opposed to Brad Raffensperger. 
I, I think Raffensperger's uh, actions during the election, the the absentee ballots, the consent decree that was signed with the Democratic Party, uh, those those are the reasons that I'm opposed to uh, Brad Raffensperger being reelected. I actually think Brian Kemp has been a very good governor, and I've endorsed uh, Brian Kemp and intend to maintain that in, that endorsement of him. Uh, respect President Trump, love President Trump, um, but but I maintain that I have a good governor in, in, in Brian Kemp. I wish David Perdue were in the U.S. Senate right now. Uh, he's not. He was part of a, he was part of a great Georgia delegation. Uh, did a great job with national security issues. But I've got a good governor in Brian Kemp, and so I've endorsed him. And uh, we'll see what happens when you know when the ballots are counted in May. Uh, and and you know it, it's we, we won't know until the ballots are counted. Yeah, that's what elections are for. I want to take you to an issue, sir, that I know you've been leading on, and it's hard to fight through all the different other things that are on the radar right now, but. We are heading uh, hurtling towards a major food supply crisis later this year, early into next year. You have been the leading voice on this in Congress. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned recently about fertilizer shipments to the United States and how it could make the situation even more concerning. Yes. Yeah, so, so one thing I want to make clear, I mean, I'm talking about a global food shortage. I still think in the United States, we're going to walk in the grocery store. We're going to pay more for our groceries. Uh, a lot of that is because of what Joe Biden did on fuel and fuel, fuel costs and, and raising them and those input prices. Uh, but when we talk about global food shortages, I'm concerned about the, the lower income countries not having anything to eat, uh, those who are fed through the UN World Food Program. With regard to fertilizer, one of the new concerns we have inside the United States is that some of the rail companies have, have told the fertilizer um distribution companies that they've got to reduce their shipments by about 20%. And so uh, Union Pacific is one of the railroads that has said this. There, there's uh, a lot of fer fertilizer that transits uh, through, the, through the rail system. And, you know, if that fertilizer doesn't get there, then you're talking about lower production inside the United States, uh, which means we will actually have less export as well. And so you put that on top of uh, Ukraine not being able to put 50 million metric tons of corn and wheat into the export markets. And it's just every little bit makes it that much worse. And so uh, I think that Congress needs to have some of these rail lines in and ask them why they've why they're cutting the transportation uh, of of these inputs for our for our grocery supply. It's unbelievable to see. And, and, you know, we obviously don't expect to see completely bare shelves. But here in California, our agriculture industry has suffered greatly. And that is a little bit unique to California. But across the country, with that 20 percent hit in fertilizer, I certainly hope that that's not a, a direct proportion to how much we will be suffering payment wise when it comes to the, the grocery store. But Congressman Austin Scott, we appreciate you so much. And we will have you back on soon. Hey, thanks for having us back. Well, that's about all the time we have. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews from my favorite show, Just the News, Not Noise, right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. We are delighted to bring in a returning guest, Professor of Epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health, Dr. Harvey Risch. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And we have this clip that I want to show you. I'm sure you saw it. It went absolutely viral on social media out of Shanghai, China. People screaming from their balconies due to COVID lockdowns. It's uh, it's a stark reminder of what can happen when you have an oppressive government. But take a look at this. These are folks screaming from their balconies due to lockdowns. People are also wheeling their refrigerators and opening them on balconies to show that they had no groceries. You may have seen the videos of cats being bagged up and left on the side of the street. This is happening in Shanghai. These crazy lockdowns. Is is this appropriate for what's happening there? Well, you'd have to read the minds of the Chinese government officials to know what appropriate means. Not to us as Westerners who've been through all this already and, and know how bad the policy these are, but to them, I don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty remarkable moment to, to see. And I, I want to ask you this. China has tried to pursue a zero COVID strategy. It seems like most experts now have settled on the fact we're going to be living with COVID. We have to pivot to a different strategy. Is China trailing behind the, uh, the science right now? Well, you know, they did have lockdowns at the beginning. They think the lockdowns worked. They haven't figured out that Omicron is three or more times as effective as the original strain that, that they worked on. And that, that Omicron is just not, it's bigger than whack-a-mole. It's, it's just not going to be locked down. And I've heard disparate reports uh, coming from some news media saying that Shanghai is having 20,000 cases a day. Uh, whereas the whole of China is reporting only 4,000 cases a day. So it's really hard to know exactly what the numbers are that are that are occurring there. But I made the, the observation that they've already gone to this lockdown plan, and what they're going to end up doing is they're going to decide when the mortality from the lockdown is, is greater than the mortality they would have observed from COVID. And they're not going to get there until another week or two when they're really going to have some severe starvation if they don't figure out a way of, of dealing with it. Now, the only way from their point of view, I think they would deal with it is to do a, a massive vaccination push on a new, a new vaccine that happens to deal with Omicron. That, of course, will not actually do all that much. It will only temporize for some weeks to months, if it were even to work. And, and it'll still take two to three weeks to get to everybody in Shanghai if they had an organized plan and they were ready to go, which it doesn't seem like they are. So I'm not optimistic that they're going to have this under control. And in some sense, it's like divine retribution for what happened to us with our stupid policies. And now they're following that and they can do us. They can do better than us. Whatever we did, they're going to do it better. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Ironic that they have a zero covid policy in a country where I've been to in many of the cities. They just poop on the streets and 
Maybe that didn't bother me as much as I thought it did, because now I live in Los Angeles and that happens here, too. But we saw increasing cases over there. And that was the result here in the United States. It appears that cases are rising here as well, although a, a subvariant that seems to be much less fatal. Do you expect nationwide for us to go back into lockdown some semblance of that? I'm not seeing any major increases in cases. What I'm seeing is increases in percentages of the cases that are attributable to the BA2 and now some sublineages of, of BA2 even that are, are making its way into the population of people who get infected. But I don't think we're going to have any serious waves going forward, at least through spring and summer. I think that the percentage of infections is not uh, um, of anything worth management value in, in COVID, as is the number of cases is not worth management. What it is, is a distraction that scares people and, and it has value if what you want to do is scare the people to comply with your policies. But the what matters is hospitalizations and mortality, and they are not going up as far as I can tell. And that's what matters. Yeah, I think that's what the, uh, the real experts have always focused on, not those that have often run the policy in this country. I want to turn for a second. There was a pretty historic ruling a couple hours ago, doctor, uh, a federal judge in Florida ruling that the CDC did not have the authority to issue the mask mandate on planes, trains, and, and uh, buses. The, uh, your thought on that, and really at the end of the day, did all those masks on planes do any good for us? Well, I think we have gotten to a very strange place in our law under pandemic. And that is that the CDC makes recommendations. It doesn't have force of law, but somehow what its guidance has done is it's been accepted as if it had force of law when it doesn't. And, and the CDC has said numerous things, especially some of its papers that are contra science. They're weak science, bad science, and so on. And, the, and it comes out as if it's just normal. And so I don't see that the CDC guidance has a lot of strength of, of scientific research behind it. And for, so for me to see that a court has actually taken on the CDC and say they don't have jurisdiction or authority, whatever, makes logical sense. But up to this point, the courts have generally deferred to public health saying that it's in, in a legal framework that they've given the authority to the, the, the government. Whereas now I think it looks like they're, they're reassessing that and that's a, a hopeful sign. Doctor, the White House COVID response coordinator has recommended that Americans over 60 years old get a fourth shot. Is this necessary in light of this, this new headspace that we talked about a minute ago where people are learning to just live with COVID? Well, you know, we have a, a zillion different medications now to treat early outpatient COVID, some official, some unofficial, all approved, you know, you know as, as medicines to use, but but some touted by the government and some recommended against, even though they're, they're legal and good and work. So my point of view is that the immunity that people will get from Omicron, BA2, whichever the infection they get, is going to be a better protection in the long term than another vaccine that will last another two months, and then they'll be back in jeopardy again and have to repeat this cycle every two or three months. And it makes no sense to keep doing that and keep degrading people's immune system because of the adverse side effects, whatever it is uh, that, that the vaccines do. So there are some people who would have some degree of, of serious risk if they got Omicron, and those are the ones who need treatment. Some other people will have 
not life-threatening, but enough uh, side effects uh, or, you know, the, the virus that it's uncomfortable, they can be treated too because the treatments are, are very benign. They're very safe. So I think it's much better managed by Omicron itself. Yeah, well, we appreciate you so much. Every time you come on, you offer us a wealth of knowledge and we look forward to having you back on. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back, everybody. You might have seen a headline on Just the News a few days ago regarding a former McDonald's CEO who is fighting back against woke culture in corporations. It's something we have been seeing increasingly over the last five years. Well, that man is joining us now, the former CEO of McDonald's, Ed Renzi. Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Happy to be able to give people a voice. We are happy to have you. And I'm interested because I know that you have worked in corporate America for a long time, a lot of high level positions like CEO at a huge corporation like McDonald's. What what made you break out of that mentality and come forward and say, we've got to stand up against the ESG, the the woke corporation, the the direction that they're going? Well, it's not really that simple. Uh, it's not something that was an epiphany. The reality of it is that the boards of directors, CEOs of companies, and the uh, executives have a duty, a duty to the shareholders to build sales and profit. And you can do that best by running your company well, satisfying your customers. And if you want customers of all types, uh, Hispanics, Blacks, Asians, whoever it may be, then you better have those employees and in the supply chain. You need to be inclusive in corporations, but they need to have an equal opportunity with everybody. And we're concerned that this major shift toward what people are conventionally called wokeism is leaving people behind that have built the companies. And we all we're asking for is uh, companies like uh, Bank of America to have a shareholder proposal that says they're going to do an audit of civil rights. We all have constitutional rights in this country, and we want everybody to have an equal treatment in these corporations without favoring a group. And if you look at Disney and how they started to opine on the politics of Philadelphia, or of, of uh, uh, Florida, uh, they got themselves in a real pickle because the vast majority of parents in Florida want to control their kids' education. It is not the province of teachers or school districts or government-run schools to do that. And they don't want their kids getting sex education in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. So they pass legislation to keep that from happening. Nowhere in that bill does it mention the word gay. It's all about parents' rights controlling the curriculum in those schools. And Disney, for whatever reason, 
uh, came forward with a pronouncement that they're going to fight and work to defeat this bill. Their job isn't legislation. And as a consequence of all of this, about you know, 70, 80 of their employees walked off and protested. Well, they got 69,000 employees for crying out loud. This is less than 1% of the total employee base. If you're going to overreact this way and punish all your other employees, more importantly, are you going to punish your shareholders, your investors, yeah. and defeat the purpose of what you're trying to do as a company? And this is happening all over the United States now. And this may be a terrible thing for Disney right now. And I think they meant to do the right kinds of things. They just did it very badly. But it could be the worst thing for them and the best thing for American business because they're going to have to wake up and realize that their duty is to the shareholder, all their employees, and their supply chain and the communities they do business in. And they can't favor any one group over another. We just want civil rights audits so people know that they're being treated fairly. Yeah. And you've been in this business a long time. You've had such success. When did the CEO and the board members suddenly say, you know what, it's no longer about the shareholder or my customer or my employees. I want to get involved in politics, some of which are very divisive issues. When did that cultural change occur in the boardroom and in the C-suite? Uh, I'm not sure it's really changed quickly and radically. I don't think a curtain fell one day and it went from X to Z. Right. Uh, I think this really started with the BML movement, with the Floyd murder, the, 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 all the dust up in, in uh, Minnesota and then moved to Seattle and Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I think there's been a lot of bullying going on. And corporations are saying, oh, wait a minute, we don't want to get in that trap. So we got to do something. Well, then you end up with this environment and social governance uh, effort. And now all of a sudden insurance companies are going to rate corporations on their ESG performance. That's not their job. Their job is to rate these companies on performance and, and provide for risk mitigation. Um, so we're getting confused on our roles and responsibilities. And by the way, board members are not executives of the company. They're for oversight and management of the CEO and the management team to make sure that the systems are in place, the processes are in place, they follow the law, they do the audits the way they're supposed to, that all sales and revenues are reported properly. Their duty is to make sure that the business is governed properly. It is not their business as board members to get down in the weeds of social uh, intervention or political uh, landscaping. Uh, so I think it, it wasn't sudden, it's been a creeping thing, and I think it's been a fear by a lot of board members that they're gonna be criticized for not being and behaving in a certain fashion. And that's tragic because most of these board members are outstanding. They care about the company, they care about their shareholders. And all of a sudden they've got this sharp spear pointed at them and they're starting to behave badly. And I think Disney's a classic example of how bad it can get and how fast it can go bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when corporations did everything they possibly could to not be political. And now it seems like they're clamoring in the other direction. But, you know, a lot of Americans hear about woke corporations and they think to themselves, oh, I'll, I'll just boycott them and that's the end of it. But there is a deeper impact that it has on on private citizens and just a, a lay person who's not involved, not on boards, doesn't purchase stock. And that is the connection between companies like BlackRock, ESG scores and people's retirement accounts like 401ks. Explain to why that's explain to us why that's important and why people really do need to pay attention. Well, the pension funding laws in the United States are very specific and highly controlled by the government because 
They don't want companies and boards raping the pension fund to the detriment of retirees in the future. So that funding policy is very, very carefully constructed. When I was on the board of directors, Snap-on Tools, Nick Pinchuk was vigilant in making sure we followed the rules and regulations perfectly because we had a fiduciary duty to the retirees to protect their future. And when you get large organizations like BlackRock to control $10 trillion worth of those kinds of funds, among other things, they're in a situation where they can put a lot of pressure on boards of directors to behave certain ways in, the, in, in speaking with the voice of all their uh, clients. I don't think that's good. I think the individual in those funds should be able to vote their own shares of stock and have their own voice. Uh, you know, a long time ago, Milton Friedman, the great Nobel laureate in economics, um, I had lunch with him in San Diego, and he, you know, I was a young executive at McDonald's. We were at Coke McDonald's function. And he said, uh, young man, I want you to know, and I was 40-some years old at the time, <laughs> I want you to know that it is not your province to decide how to spend the shareholders' money. You make a good profit, you give that profit to them, they then in turn can pick and choose what they want to give their money to if they want to at all. They get to pick their charities, their, their social activity. That's not your duty. So your duty is to make profit and let them spend the money wisely. And I really subscribe to that because that's actually, in fact, true. If a board of directors, let's take Disney as the example, they decide that they're going to get into CRT and wokeism and all the rest of the buzzwords of today, and it has a detrimental effect on the company, it has a detrimental effect on the investors, and it has an effect on the retirees because all of a sudden they could outlive their retirement funds. And I have friends yeah. right now that are school teachers that are telling me they're scared to death they're going to outlive their retirement funds because the funds have been mismanaged. I can tell you about guys in the Teamsters Union have told me the same thing. They're scared to death about this kind of thing. Because when you're 65 years old and you're retired and you're counting on a certain amount of income and suddenly it disappears through no control of your own, that's bad. And that's why they have these rules and regulations in the first place. So uh, the people at BlackRock are smart and sensible. I just hope they don't get all wrapped up in this ESG business to the point of having an adverse effect on pension funds because we won't know how bad it is until 25 years or 30 years from now. And then it's too late. Once you find out how bad it is, it's already too late. Yeah, the boat has sailed. Let me get about 20 seconds left. Ed, just real quickly, what message do you want CEOs to take from the initiative you started? Run the company for the benefit of the shareholder and run it well, and your employees will be brought along with that success. You'll be brought along with the success. And let the sociologists, psychologists, and the public policy people deal with discrimination and those kinds of matters and stay out of it. Yeah. And for people to complain DeSantis is some kind of Nazi or crazy man, they don't have any idea who he is. He's one of the best no governors way. I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't need people to pay attention to red for Republican or blue for Democrats. These folks need to pay attention to green. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks a lot, Amanda, for joining me on this. What a great interview. I learned a lot. For more of the news and interviews you've been hearing today from Just the News, Not Noise, go to Real America's Voice each Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern or watch anytime at justthenews.com slash TV. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion 
while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, thanks for listening on a Sunday. Always grateful for all that you do to support Just the News. I hope you enjoyed all the interviews this week. We had some great guests, some great conversations, a lot of scoopy news. We'll be back tomorrow, Monday, to start a new work week and break some more news, have some more conversations with the most important and influential newsmakers in all of the world. Until then, God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon with your family and this beautiful spring day. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I and my family. We will be back tomorrow. Do a lot more journalism. Until then, if you need a news fix, you know where to go. Justthenews.com 24-7. We got you covered. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Yes, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore 
of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. 